1: Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You know, before we started recording this reaction show, this is the Kist and Solak show, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the title, I'm Michael Kist. Benjamin Solak here joining me. And normally I would be like, yeah, you're flying high and all this exciting stuff and whatnot. I really don't want to talk about the Eagles right now. Owen, oh, 2. Ben, we were talking about Josh Allen. We were talking about the crazy end of to the Atlanta-Dallas game. Never had faith in Atlanta to close that out, but still their win percentage probability had to be like 99.9%. Only makes this weekend more soul-crushing for the Eagles, because at least we could say, oh, well, at least the NFC East is a mess, and maybe things will get going. But right now, as it stands, the Eagles at 0-2, not looking great, and they dropped this one 37-19 to the Los Angeles Rams, and I think you were saying going into it like, okay, once it got to 21-3, to we were both like, well, they're going to lose, but now I can kind of sit back and enjoy this one. So if you don't hear the rage coming through, that has gone and passed. I think we are accepting that this Eagles team is not going to dominate anybody, and in my opinion – not going to be a serious contender or at the very least doesn't look like it can be a serious contender despite some things that I thought turned around a little bit for the better on the offense yeah but two-faced Wentz uh defense a lot of different things Ben we got a lot to go through how you doing brother yeah
2: I um I, uh everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Are we not gonna get a you're flying high until they win? Is that the deal?
1: I am holding out.
2: So when they like eek by the Bengals by four.
1: I'm gonna be flying high AF. <laughs>
2: Here it is. All right. I'm <laughs>
1: so excited for this
2: get right game against the Bengals. It can feel so good. <laughs> Knockwood. Um Right. Eagles lose to the Rams thirty seven to nineteen. A lot of places that you could start. We'll start with after the first three drives, the Eagles are down twenty one to three. Uh they have a opening fumble from Miles Sanders creates a touchdown drive for the Rams. They get that field goal drive uh, as as their second drive, which was a drive that got into the uh, into the uh, the the red zone for the Rams. They got in, into the twenty, and they weren't able to convert there. And then you had uh, a punt, a three and out in the next drive. Rams score on all three of their drives at twenty one to three. Mike, Eagles were down twenty one to three early in the second. Got this thing back to 24-16, 21-16. It became the game. Offense played well for that stretch of time. Offense Mm -hmm. played really well before the 20-yard line. When we got to the red zone is where we had problems. So we had that field goal drive, like I said. They had third and six from the 22. Not able to convert there. They have the interception. Carson Wentz throws in the red zone targeting uh, J.J. I think a wide side. Won't turn out as a red zone stat because they're at the 21 but near red zone right whatever um and then obviously we have the the subsequent drive after the interception uh the field goal the rams hits hit, 24 16 it's still a one possessioner uh, and the eagles walk it down the field first and 10 on the 17 get stuffed get the field goal attempt hit it and then peterson elects not to take the five yard off penalty and try to go for it on fourth and three mm-hmm. which was not only an out of character decision but a, a, a massive decision i think in terms of plays with leverage in this game the Wentz interception on the article white side target is one and then number two is that decision because the Eagles should have been able to pick up a fourth and three at the 10 and if so it's first and goal from the six first and goal from the five and you're down by eight you have the ability to tie this game Eagles never got it to a tie let alone a lead in this game right they're playing from behind the entire way from a scheme perspective.
1: I was going to say let, let let's yeah, talk yeah. about it uh, and I'll set you up for it because I think I know kind of where you're going to go with it. When things started going right, I mean early in the game, Wentz was taking the quick game stuff that the 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 Rams were giving them. They were playing a lot of, you know, shell coverage, cover 4, things like that. Wentz was taking that stuff doing well to check down when he needed to, making those right decisions and whatnot. And yeah, there were a couple missed throws here and there. You can look at the third down to to Erdsworth. I think it slipped out of his hand. I think both, both me and you saw that, but there were other misses too. So there was still that sprinkled in, but overall this offense was moving and I thought schematically they were doing a lot of things well. And then you mm-hmm. get into, like I mentioned before, the two-face of Wentz. So overall like how did you see the scheme and then how did that evolve for you throughout the game with your thoughts
2: yeah the eagles we we sat down here after that washington loss pissed and we sit here after the rams lost pretty muted i don't know about for you the reason for me is because the offense made the necessary changes the offense did what they needed to do we asked for more empty we asked for more quick game we said that the return of Lane and, and Sanders will improve the running game. We asked for fewer deep play-action shots to help protect Wentz. The, we got that. Yeah, the broadcast booth spent four quarters being extremely, or two quarters, I should say, being extremely confused as to why the Rams weren't sacking Wentz, and then coming in the third quarter, they were like, "We have a list of things," and it's it's what the Eagles were choosing to do schematically. Offensive line wasn't playing that much better. Pressure was still there, but they were moving ones outside of the pocket. Design rollouts, sprint outs, quick screens, quick game, throwing their spacing concepts, all of their little easy stuff. It was very reminiscent of 2019. Now, the problem with 2019, Mike, is that you could put out a really good offensive performance and walk away with 16 points, which is largely what happened for the Eagles. So that 19, I believe they had. It takes so much to go right. That interception drive that the Eagles had was a 12 play 65 yard drive converted on a third and four converted on a third and six were able to just good running plays chunk it up we talked about the fact that the Rams like to give the Eagles light boxes on 12 personnel in 2018 and in 2017 when they played they continued to do so. The Eagles were constantly checking into first and 10, second and 10 runs and getting Mm -hmm. significant yardage off of them because they were getting six man boxes against six man surfaces. Miles Sanders was good, stuck to his holes, was able to work with with the offensive line, generate some movement there. That was nice to see. So all that's going well and you get some third down conversions. You're looking great. And then all of a sudden there's one poor decision on first and 10 that ends up costing you seven points. It's another bad decision on a fourth on the field goal offsides that ends up not only costing your team four points, but then the the Rams turn around and have a four place scoring drive, right? Which is on the defense, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah. You also have Miles Sanders first drive of the game, fumbling, putting right. the Eagles at a deficit as well. I mean, what is that really? That's that's non-repeatable, right? The the game plan early on was fine throughout, especially in the early portions right. of the game. And plan. they
2: were even even into the fourth quarter. They were taking their light boxes and they were running it. I was yep. surprised on fourth and two. Uh, when it was 31-19, seven, eight minutes left. And that was kind of your last ditch effort on fourth and two, which was the Wentz incompletion to Goddard, which was just horrible decision for a veteran quarterback. What are you doing? It's fourth yep. and two. You finally got to the play, Wentz, where taking a sack doesn't matter. Right. You finally <laughs> got to the play where you can hold it as long as you want. <laughs> this is This is the one play I will excuse you. Four seconds dancing around in the pocket, brother. This is your moment, your time to shine. He's like, let me let me drop this thing in a double coverage right quick. That's yeah. not necessary, right? Um, but anyway, you had, offensively, all of the changes that you wanted to make. They tried to get deep. As uh, Doug Peterson said, they had a couple plays where they were looking at getting deep to Deshaun, and they weren't able to. Wednes was quick to go to Sanders on a lot of early releases, especially early in the game. And I yeah. think that that was indicative of his focus on getting rid of the ball quickly and appropriately. However probably wasn't super necessary with that said they had the a deep rollout as well where you know play action fake rolled Carson out of the pocket to his left he was staring downfield for like five minutes they're trying to get a deep shot there they were never get the deep shot Rams played a lot of cover two, a lot of cover four early they wanted to take away the deep shot they were worried about the Eagles coming out with about the exact same approach as they had against Washington where they were just hunting vertical ball hunting vertical ball the Eagles attempted zero vertical passes I'm talking about no, not a deep crosser, not an intermediate crosser, zero vertical passes against the Rams coming off a game against Washington, where they tend to like six.
1: Quick stat on that 12 intended air yards per throw for Carson Wentz in week one mm-hmm. this week, 6.1, right? So obviously things were dialed way back for them,
2: right? So that it, it is a complete bona fide heel turn. It is 100% a shift and it was a necessary shift. Now you find the middle ground. Right, right. Jalen Rager went from I had four targets and all of them were 15 yards down the field (laughs) to I had four targets and all of them were less than four yards down the field. Right. We got to find something in the middle of that. Right. There's going to be a balance. You're obviously going to want to pick your spots for deep shots. They tried to do that. And you're going to want that quick game to be a large part of your usage of Carson Wentz, because he's really good in that, and in your way to just keep the sticks moving, keep the chains moving, account for a poor offensive line. So the offense made the necessary schematic changes. Two things happened that were critical. One was the interception to J.J. Thiggo-Whiteside. It was a bad decision. There's there's no accurate ball there. There's no accurate throw. Like, people say, oh, Carson was inaccurate— Interception was decision making. there's no window there. Matter of fact, Carson putting the ball where he did on the backside of our of Artega Whiteside indicates that he acknowledged that the safety was closing on that. Right. And he had to try to throw Artega Whiteside. People say white Whiteside could run a better route. Artega Whiteside was slowing up because he was gonna get murdered if he kept yep. on moving at full speed. Right. Which is a so, lot of hospital
1: balls from Winston yeah. yeah.
2: Now, what you're looking at when it's like that, Zach Ertz intermediate crosser, when it's that JJ think a white side third and two, that slant, right? When it's you know, there's, there's the, the uh, they had the Zach Ertz third down throw where it slipped out of Wentz's hand, led Miles Sanders on a couple ones. You wonder to what extent that's training camp, that's the amount of reps that he got. You wonder to what extent that's the changing wide receiver room and and, and knowing where the spacing is. People, like like, there's a. Uh, a prevalent discussion that's like all right Wentz is less accurate than he was why quarterbacks don't typically become just less accurate they can become less confident but they don't typically become less accurate and so with Wentz I don't I'm not nearly at the point yet where I'm like you know Wentz is an inaccurate quarterback now I don't I don't see that Wentz has never been the most accurate quarterback Wentz has always been you know kind of like I'm out here just like that that first pass attempt he had to Zach Ertz, right? The uh uh it was on the second drive, right? Where they had like a a fifteen yard gain, right? There was an Aaron Donald pressure, and he just kept his feet in the mud, threw an off platform dart like little drop to the middle of the field. Ertz has to to go down to go get it. That pass could be more accurate, but Wentz is just I'm in the pocket, I'm you know making this throw off platform. Never been the most accurate passer. Not being the most accurate passer is a lot easier and on your offense when you're throwing the ball deep right? Carson was not the most accurate passer in the first half of the Washington game. Guess what? They put up 17 points in like a massive explosion because when you're pushing the ball deep, you get that one pass to Rager for 55, you get that one pass to Goddard for 34. And guess what? (laughs) You know, we're putting points on the board when you're nickel and diming, that lack of accuracy is exacerbated, right? That issue becomes a bigger problem. So to me, this is a bit of training camp Uncertainty, rust, timing, etc., etc. I wonder, like this intermediate sit route to Ertz, he keeps missing. Is he thinking these guys are going to stop? Like, is it a window throw? I don't know what's going on with that one. But like, but
1: but it's Ertz, and I and I actually want to kick back on you a little bit. I I, I do think it's some of that, but like everyone else around the league was also dealing with that. Every quarterback, right? Like when you're missing to like Rager, yeah,
2: Jared, Jared Goff threw five passes that didn't even land near a person today.
1: I agree. I agree. But it, it does happen to everybody. It is, I I've, in my opinion, it's happening to Wentz more. And it, it, even when you look at the the next-gen stats, right, the expected uh, completion percentage, Wentz was second worst, only Haskins behind him last week. And right now, he's sitting at second worst at negative 7.4%. Wentz, I feel, is missing more often than he He's always been sort of inconsistent, right. rocky with the accuracy. I think he's missing guys worse now.
2: I don't dispute. I I okay. I yeah yeah yeah. I absolutely think Wentz is missing more dudes than he usually does in the last okay. two weeks. Right. I think that one that can that missing dudes can be less of a problem when you're pushing the ball down the field. I agree. Right. When you're nickel and diming, it's a big issue. Right. In terms of the overall success of your offense, not in terms of the quarterback himself.
1: It's like you said when when you when you have that condensed offense. A lot of things got to go right. If you miss one of those throws, it can completely bog things down. But when you're hitting those big throws, again, doesn't matter as much. I agree with you on all those points. I just think overall, he's been less accurate in this small sample size than he has before. But go ahead.
2: Right. So then it's a question of, okay, why is he less accurate? And I think that there's some of it is rust. I think some of it is confidence. Like there's no doubt that this guy's a little bit shaky, right? Like his, his confidence is a little bit shot, right? You can like, he's jumpy on stuff. The fourth and two to Goddard is a great example where he was like, I need to make sure I get rid of the ball. And he just did like something terrible. Like he did not tuck anything. He was throwing the football away. And like, thank God he's throwing the football away. I've wanted him to throw the football away for years, <laughs> but also it shows you that he's, he's lacking for his usual hotspot. He's lacking for his usual gonads, right? Where he's like, I can make a play out of anything. He's not really doing that. So when it comes to why is this quarterback less accurate than he usually is? My answer is I don't really know. He's for the past couple of years not really been as accurate as he like was in 2017. I don't think he's the most accurate quarterback in the league. I don't think he ever will be. But to me, this is something that A, is a little bit inexplicable. And B, I fully expect to be gone by November. I just don't like quarterbacks don't just stop becoming accurate passers. It doesn't happen. I mean, it, it, and his injury, ACL, shoulder or no, he didn't have a shoulder injury. He had the ACL injury. He had the, the concussion, Jadavian Clowney, right? The back, the back's an interesting one, but typically yeah. if you're going to have an injury related drop in an accuracy, it's going to be in the arm. It's going to be in the shoulder of the elbow. Marcus Mariota, like he has nerve damage. In his elbow, he can't throw an accurate ball anymore. Right. Right. Cause you, not, you don't have the same grip on the ball. You don't have the same spin on the ball. Whence I, I that in that injury wasn't in the arm. And so it's very interesting. The back maybe, to the degree to which it affects mechanics. but to me, i'm I'm chalking up two weeks of inaccuracy as confidence issues and 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 rust. i for i I, this this team might still be bad in November. This team might might still be out of playoff contention by November. But I think Wentz's accuracy issues or something that is a two weeks phenomenon, a couple a month phenomenon, is going to go away.
1: I mean, I hope so. And I think the big discussion, you know, that we have with BLG all the time, and I think that people are starting to to, to catch up on. And you know, we had Joe Santa, Santa on this on this feed uh, earlier in the week, which didn't go over well with some folks, but I think some some points were made. Wentz taking to coaching. It doesn't feel, and we're in the fifth year now, that Wentz is getting better or staying the same. It feels like, at least right now, early on in the year, he's getting worse. And is that because he's not getting the tough coaching from right. Frank Reich? Who there's he a big one.
2: There's a in terms of, of quarterback coaching is the one where I'm like, all right, maybe we're barking up the right tree here. Right. Right. Because and this, I brought this up on on last week's recap show. Wentz hasn't gotten better in a while. <laughs> Yeah. right and and it's one thing to be like accuracy usually isn't something that gets worse and i think wentz is what he is and whatever it's another thing to say like you know your quarterback over his third fourth and now into his fifth season has not gotten better and yeah. you made a claim to be a qb factory when you drafted jalen hurts 53 <laughs> overall brother you ain't like you ain't improving the starter Right. Yeah, you, you you got he's got all the reps and he's not getting better. How are you going to claim to be a quarterback factory? So that that's one where I I I think we've got something cooking there.
1: Let's take a look. Let's bounce around the offense a little bit. So we talked about when. Maybe so maybe we'll give some thoughts on some other players. Uh, rough start for Miles Sanders had the fumble. I thought he was doing his normal you know bouncing around things, but I think he's settled in. And I like the way that they constructed the run game in this one. There was more vertical get up field type stuff. So I thought he acquitted himself Baby, well there.
2: Listen. Nate Herbig yeah. and Matt Pryor can't yep. move but inside zone all they gotta do is climb brother <laughs> Nate Herbig coming at Kenny Young 335 pounds, Kenny Young ain't want a piece of it, man Nate Herbig, they call him Big Island at Stanford, he's <laughs> in Big Island whoo <laughs> dude, once him and Pryor in there they're like, "Look, we are not running anything outside the tackles, right. they can't get there <laughs> just move them up the linebackers and the Rams are so happy to give him that I mean like it makes sense, obviously you want to Encourage the run game but the run game but eagles running game was very successful good to see sanders back he's got to shore up the pass game a little bit they're catchable balls that he missed i think that right yeah. he he brought up in his uh uh post game availability tim mcmanus of espn did this tweet his conditioning was a problem he wants to take more snaps he wants to 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 feel better throughout the course of the game uh, i think you got boston scott probably out there more than he would have liked so that might be a big uh part of him getting better as well but offensively for me the, the, the lack of Zach Ertz and the 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 lack of chemistry he and Wentz have right now, misses on, on Ertz, is concerning. Mm. Figuring out what exactly they're going to do with Rager is important. Right. You know, John Hightower, cool, whatever. JJ, I think a whiteside God knows what's happening. You got to <laughs> get Rager right. Like, this yeah. was the first rounder. This was the wide receiver you didn't trade up for CeeDee Lamb for. This was the first round pick.
1: Yeah, the you need, need wide receiver Jackson. help
2: so badly right like yeah. deshaun's gone next year alshon's gone next year if you don't get Rager right mm. you got nobody so like a silver lining of maybe you know not being a very good team will be you can spend the second half of the year being like all right what is our rookie receiver good at right mm. um but so i think running game is a nice part of it laying back is great they got to figure out what they're doing with Rager. Obviously, there's a ton to figure out with Wentz, but offensively, they took a step in the right direction. And I would not be shocked if against a terrible Bengals defense, they take a subsequent step in the right direction and start figuring out that balance between deep passes, play action shots, short game, whatever. That is one thing. The defense is the second thing.
1: (laughs) And we're going to talk about it next here on the Kissed and Solak show. We will be right back we're back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 194, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you, Michael Kissed, here with Benjamin Solak, reacting to this 37-19 loss for the Eagles against the Los Angeles Rams, and let me tell you,
2: the Bills didn't cover? Sorry. <laughs> Yo, wait, where did Miami score?
1: Did they no! score at the very end? Garbage time?
2: Yes. Nine oh, plays, 75 yards, 22
1: Oh, Ben Loki has a gambling problem. Like I have an alcohol problem.
2: (laughs) Oh, my heart. Listen, I made like $200 on Miles Sanders props today. (laughs) People <laughs> were like, Miles Sanders, is he going to have more than 13 carries? I was like, brother, you do not understand how badly this offense needs Miles Sanders. Yeah, no, but uh, I took Bills minus five and a half, and that is silly Billy. They let the Dolphins score. All right, whatever, I'll get over it.
1: So that's enough of the SB Nation NFL show back here on the Kist <laughs> and Solek show. Uh, we're talking about the defense, and like there, there's a lot to get to. Um, I asked people to explain Nate Gary to me like I was an idiot, and I got like 100 responses from, like within a few minutes. Uh, it was crazy because like right from the get-go – like, he allowed, he allowed a touchdown, he, he had a missed tackle in the backfield, and then he gets beat on that leak concept later on in the game where he gets toasted up on that one. That should have been on the film. I don't know why he was so miffed by that. Uh, the Eagles' pressure, you know, they didn't touch Goff behind the line for, for what felt like a full 27 minutes of gameplay. And when they started to mount up some pressure, he got the jitters. And, I mean, this is the guy that the analytics show that when hits accumulate – He wanes a little bit. Uh, I thought the defense was a little bit late. I thought Jim Schwartz was a little bit late to dial up some pressure on him when it wasn't getting there. And and just to draw back a a comparison to the Eagles, I put this on the timeline. People saw it as well. But what we saw from the Rams with Goff were moving launch points all around, moving the pocket, rolling him out, keeping him clean. And he was kept clean for a lot of this game. And when a quarterback has that type of uh, ability to see the field and survey, I mean, for Goff, I really feel like he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when pressured, and that's in- including all other quarterbacks when pressured, right? It's not just, oh, well, quarterbacks it's are worse. It's not even when pressured.
2: It's when I've been in the pocket long enough that if I'm going to get pressured, it's going <laughs> to start maybe happening now, right? we us talk about internal clock. What does the internal clock of a quarterback mean? The internal clock says, usually before this moment, there's no way pressure has made it. And after this moment... <laughs> this is when pressure can start making it. And they're like... Right. That like third and nine uh, at the end of the first half, or not the third and nine, because that's where they got the sack. The second and nine, right? All they did was take away the first read. They ran cover one robber and a safety come down. They run a little whip route on the inside. Great play call for the situation. That's a good way to key on, on, on tendency. Took away the first read and Goff was like, ah! <laughs> <He's just laughs> a hamster in a wheel, baby. Like I cannot do anything outside of this. Um. So yeah, no, they... they i i remember in the first quarter after the the 21 point deficit was given up i said you just got to start sending your linebackers you got to start blitzing them because they're not doing anything not doing anything in the running game or in the passing game so you might as well start blitzing them, try to get some pressure on this guy break the offense at at the the bottleneck which is the quarterback what it's actually a, a quick story uh Mayor and I had to stay late at church today for for an activity. There was a, a thing for one of our, our programs, and so we're driving. Mayor's driving back, and I'm watching on my phone. Mayor watched me watch the Washington game, and she was like, "This is not healthy," because I was upset. And then you know she can hear what's happening over the the radio. And it's like, all right, and the Rams are up fourteen to three, and she's looking over to me, and I'm just like chilling. She's like, "Why are you not like freaking out? You're like, against Washington." And I go, "Because I have so many receipts about the Eagles linebackers that are just." Sitting and burning in my, my my tweets and my mentions and my slacks and my podcasts and my articles, pretty much everywhere that we're gonna get to take a long hard look at, because not only was the Jim Schwartz defense just like befuddled by the fact that the Rams were like running play action bootlegs, which is the Rams' right. offense, right? Which right. Like, it's like it's what you prepare for with the Rams, but also and and, and it, it's tricky. Whenever it comes to the linebacker play against the run, you want to watch the all twenty two. You know, play action play. You want to be able to see what's happening. You want to know the coaching point. So there is a lot of room here to to go back in the film to read quotes out the week and say, okay, this happened here and this happened there. But largely, when you have a running game that's either getting zero yards or ten yards on a given run, that's indicative of very poor linebacker play. Because yep. either the defensive line won or the defensive line lost. Yep. Nothing's happening in the second level, right? Right. And then in the the passing game you're seeing a lot of outbreaking stuff against man coverage there wasn't a ton of in-breaking stuff against the linebackers but the windows that are being opened the vacating that's happening in the second level is giving jared goff the easiest reads on the face of the planet right because right. everything is in isolation everything is in space throw to your leveraged receiver not difficult at all so you 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 go and you sit back and you say to yourself how do defenses deal with this offense if, if, they, if this is play action bootleg and this is how you're able to be successful what a defense has been able to do and the answer is they've been able to take away first read throws whether with tremendous talent or with tremendous scheme mm. the eagles who have spent an inordinate amount of money on defense had neither They have Jim Schwartz, who is perennially called one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, who is given an unmatched amount of influence over the defensive personnel. Yep. Out here, running off coverage against quick breaking routes with Avante Maddox and Nicol Roby Coleman, who were the solutions at the corner room, right?
1: Exactly what we feared.
2: Everybody said, oh, Nicol Roby Coleman, it's a great signing by the Eagles. He's always been a good slot guy. The young man was available for one year, one million after the first and second wave of free agency. That's not a mistake. Avante Maddox, who we love on this podcast, is the fourth round pick two years ago, played safety and slot, now playing outside. is one of the smallest outside corners playing in the league. And he's supposed to win with quickness, supposed to win with man matchability, and he's getting beat by Van Jefferson, Cooper Cub. Guess what? They're beating him on, on routes. Avante Maddox has to play aggressively in man coverage because of of his play style because of his limitations physically, so he's getting beat by good route runners. They're they're separating from him. Maddox was not able to be uh, an impact player in this game. They avoided Darius Slay because why wouldn't you? Maddox and Nickel Robert Coleman are the other guys in coverage. You have Marcus Epps as your second safety.
1: Oh my God, what you was Marcus that? Marcus
2: Epps right regularly uh, field, you know, on the field. No, cable Walls. Will Parks is injured, so you have Marcus Epps running around trying to cover Tyler Higby, running around not trying happening. to cover Daryl Henderson. Right. So the Eagles have with Jalen Mills. Marcus Epps, Nate Gary, and TJ Edwards. Nobody who can man cover. Not one. Zero players. And so, guess who has three touchdowns? Tight end. No reason to target anybody else. Like, oh, you added Darius Slay. Congratulations. The rest of the personnel is bad. And so you have three of the top 20 cap hits in defensive tackle. You have a first-round pick at defensive end and a, and, a, and a an ex-first-round pick at defensive end who you've given a significant amount of money to stay, despite the fact he's not a high-sack player in Brandon Graham. So you have this great defensive line. You're going to let them one gap all game. You're going to let them drive upfield. You're going to let them penetrate all game. But you do not have the players behind them to successfully defend the run or account for routes and account for receivers when they don't immediately generate a pass rush. Eagles got the one sack with Brandon Graham because they were able to cover for like two seconds. Graham won really quick. It wasn't even like an, an impressive or a long coverage rep. It was just good enough. And so... You know, a lot of people are frustrated with Harry Roseman, but lest we forget, Jeff McClain wrote about Jim Schwartz's sway within the Eagles front office. It says, Jim Schwartz's sway within the Eagles is unparalleled for a coordinator. That's the title of this article last year, talking about how Schwartz was a big part of keeping guys around like Derek Barnett in the starting lineup, keeping a guy like Nate Gary in the starting lineup, being a big part of why LJ4 was not retained, right? He has a huge impact on personnel decisions, and the defense that he regularly fields... Features a tremendous defensive line with very little behind it. And over the years, as Talon has left, because it has not been prioritized, Nigel Bradham, Kamu Bouget-Hill, Malcolm Jenkins, this team has gotten worse. Yep. Team is bad in the back seven. And when you and I sat down here and said, Eagles nine and seven season was my prediction. I think you were 10 and six, right? Yeah. Yeah. When we sat down and we said that, what was the issue? It was the defensive back seven. Mm -hmm. And and, in this game, the Eagles never had a fighting shot. Their best chance at a fighting shot was 21-16 interception from Carson Wentz. They never really had a fighting shot was because they could not account for a very common offense that's becoming prevalent in the league. Because schematically and and personnel-wise, they don't have what it takes and to me that fully lands on jim schwartz the guy who has endorsed nate gary the guy who was okay coming into the year with tj edwards the guy who thought Jalen mills will parks uh, marcus epson nickel roby coleman were enough to cumulatively replace malcolm jenkins the guy who thought that avante maddox was good enough to play corner two. that all those decisions come back to one point to me and that's jim schwartz so yep. defensively it's it's extremely disappointing to see them got with their pants around their ankles like this
1: yeah, and I constantly go back to the LJ4 thing. By the way, LJ4, the third greatest linebacker per PFF.
2: Third greatest, not greatest, greatest. I like what you did there. Third greatest.
1: Third graded uh, linebacker per PFF uh, in week one, had a fumble recovery, forced a fumble. Uh, he only allowed like what? I think like 31 yards in coverage. or No, it was like nine yards in coverage. Had a great week. And so Howie Roseman brings him into the building, probably with the advice from the coaching staff, right? And I hate to harp on this, but I think this is just indicative of, of, of everything else. It's a microcosm. He brings him in because the coaching staff looks at him and says, yeah, I think this guy is ready for, for an expanded role. So they give him this guaranteed money, so on and so forth. They bring him in and then they don't do anything with him. So from Howie's perspective, what am I supposed to do? I bring in this right. player.
2: Ken Fajoli just like didn't like him, right? Like yeah. that's what it was. It was like Ken Fajoli, linebackers coach, didn't like the LJ4. So LJ4, it's gone, gets picked up by Baltimore, is extremely good. Like,
1: <laughs> And now, and again, from Howie, do you blame Howie for that? Because from Howie's right. perspective, oh, you're not going to play him, but I can get a comp pick back. So I'm going to get the comp pick back since you're not going to play him. I don't blame Howie for that. There's right. other stuff to blame Howie for.
2: Hey, 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 Jalen Hurts took three snaps. You watch your doggone <laughs> mouth.
1: And you know and, and what's, what's funny about that the, from the, the, the first one, the split backfield, the, the, the old school formation with Hertz in the backfield, and then they do the swing to one side, and they do the swing the other side, and the, the, the swing to the right might be a double pass, but then it's a pop pass down the middle. Great freaking design. You could have done it with Greg Ward last year. He can throw the football. He's a former college quarterback. That does not get me excited. And we'll, well, I'm sure we'll end up talking about Jalen Hurts more throughout this week, but I wanted to keep it on the defense. Josh Sweat, who had a great game last week, in my opinion, really struggled against the run in this game. He got. Yeah, Josh, he was bit.
2: all over the place, baby. <laughs> Josh Sweat said, I finally learned how to stop playing Read and React from Florida State and start playing upfield in Philadelphia. And brother, you got to remember how to play Read and React from <laughs> Florida State when you're playing the Rams. Uh, you need a little more of that in the building.
1: Yeah. Duke Riley bad game riley it's such a bad game the linebackers man the linebackers were so bad and that's one of the three words from from john stolness at john stolness every week we ask you for your three words and we can kind of like ball this all in but stolness says can't ignore linebackers that's his three words and and i agree it's certainly looking like that because like ben said Zero to 10 yards. At zero yards, the defensive line is cleaning up. At 10 yards, the linebackers didn't do anything, and they certainly didn't do anything in coverage. They can't play man coverage. They don't know what the heck they're looking at. They're getting beat up. And watch what happens when they go against San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan dials in on these cats because they are going to get Mm. torched. In the past game by Shanahan, Shan- Shanahan is notorious for taking out linebackers like that, so that's a problem. Jalen Mills bad, rough game for NRC. I told you before in the in the in the pregame that I was a little bit worried about that matchup, and it turns out that was uh, that right. was correct. I still like NRC, but wasn't his best game for sure. Ben, any other takeaways from that from the defense there?
2: Uh, yeah, no. I I, I want to put us in this framework here. You know what? Where do we go from here? Short term, mm-hmm. long term? Because I think I like people, a lot of people are like. We got, somebody's got to be held accountable he goes around too don't disagree roseman frustration defensive frustration a lot of nate gary frustration The mentions love to see it carson wentz frustration short term you got a quarterback on your roster you pick 53 overall second round jalen hurts every game you lose every pick wentz throws which wentz has thrown four picks in two weeks brother that ain't good mm. every inaccurate pass is going to become another itch to call for Jalen Hurts right now it's just you know your 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 usual delinquents right usually right. like people are frustrated <laughs> fans on Twitter you know guys they're gonna make the comments about it I don't think it gets asked as a legitimate question until things really start going down the barrel but like you have that right and so you're you're there is a short-term impetus on Wentz mm-hmm. if he continues to play poorly which he has done for two weeks at some point there will be a large call for Jalen Hurts. Even if it doesn't Correct. get answered, that's going to matter because that's $134 million quarterback and people are asking a second round rookie to replace him. So, <laughs> and, and listen, you made your bed, you dug your grave, yep. you picked him. Now I lie in it, right? So there's that. But short term, I think Wentz is going to get better and long term, you're committed to Wentz. So unless we're talking about finding a trade partner for him, you're going to play the $134 million man. So that's that answer there. Harry Roseman, short term, there's absolutely 0% chance anything happens to Harry Roseman. He's not losing his job. The Eagles are going to be in one of the worst cap situations ever. 98% of the blame goes on COVID. And Roseman is one of the few people who's equipped to deal with that successfully, in my opinion. The Eagles were not in a bad cap situation before COVID. They are very heavily committed to this roster, an older roster with veterans thinking that it would be good. Certainly it's bad. And some of that falls on Roseman, Some of that falls on Peterson. Some of that falls on everybody. But Roseman's staying short-term because somebody's got to dig the Eagles out of this cap hole over the next few years. Long-term, you do have to ask yourself, why can my front office not identify good players in the draft and then acquire them? Right. Because... You can put a lot of blame on Roseman if you want. But I'm telling you right now, if Joe Douglas were currently here and not the general manager of the New York Jets, you wouldn't be hearing the same amount of blame on Roseman. The frustration is with player personnel evaluation. And most of the players currently on this roster playing are guys that were, like young guys, I mean, were drafted when Douglas was here. And so Roseman makes the final call. He's accountable for them. There's no doubt about that. But player personnel evaluation is the issue here. And that is not. As squarely on Roseman as it is with other general managers. Jim Schwartz? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm in on that. And we talked about this last year. As I always say, you got to find the replacement for me. We got to talk about that first because Schwartz's defense still does some good things. But we got to the point last year where it was, I don't know what this guy's bringing to the team. And now, the further and further we get into Schwartz's tenure, the more decimated this defense becomes. Not only is the linebacking core bad, But the young guy that's there to supposed to be the future, Davion Taylor, is not a player who I think has a good outlook. Not only is the safety room bad, but there are no young players that have been added to improve the outlook. I like Kayvon Wallace. I thought Wallace could have gone earlier in the fourth round. I've got faith in him. But all they did was spend the fourth round pick. All they did was spend the third round pick on Taylor. Not only is the team getting bad short term in who they're putting out on the field. Remember, the Eagles thought this team was going to compete. The whole point of spending the money was the team was going to compete. But long term they don't have players that are going to like grow into and improve this team it's going to be a wholesale fix on the defensive back end besides darius Slay. so yep. schwartz is where long term i think that that you know we've we've talked about there being a change and there might need to be a change short term i mean he's going to stay because Corey onlin's gone clem Fajoli's not taking this job tim hawk's not taking this job he right. defensive line coach is a first year guy i can't remember yep. his second year guy but i can't remember his name uh he's not taking the job you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're with Schwartz for the rest of the season. So this is the hand that, that the Eagles have been dealt. The Eagles are going to beat the Bengals. I don't think there's a chance the Eagles lose that game. They're going to come out hot. There's going to be the worst defense they play. They're going to win it. Niners in week four is a, a weird one. Jimmy Garoppolo's right now got a sprained ankle.
1: Yep, Kittle's it, banged up. Right. Uh, I mean... Mostert. Yep. Right. Debo.
2: Right, as you brought up, Shanahan's going to see Nate Gary and he's going to... I mean, Lizer. I was going to say something inappropriate as to what his <laughs> response was going to be when he was going to see Nate Gary's film. But that Niners game, you know, whichever way it goes, whatever. But the Eagles are going to beat the Bengals. The Eagles are going to play better than this. They're a better team than this. They're going to play better than this. I think the team's going to improve over the short term. I really do. But you you,
1: met, you mentioned right. having a replacement for Jim Schwartz. What do you think about another Jim? Do you know where I'm going with this? Washburn? No. <gasps> Leonard. Yes. Yeah. Jim Leonard. I mean, you can't, you
2: can't hire him right now, right? And, right. Like, and, you know, I've liked him. What I'm saying is, like, I don't think you can make a change short term, like yeah. defensive coordinator. But what, what, what your problem is is just very simply what your problem is is you have spent money on Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, and Darius Slay. And like, right. we'll hold Darius Slay off to the side here a little bit, but you spend money on those guys. They're likely looking at spending money on Derek Barnett if the way that we think Jim Schwartz feels about Derek Barnett is true. And teams are neutralizing your pass rush. Why? One, probably because Brandon Graham, Derek Bar- uh, Fletcher Cox, obviously we've had Hargrave for a game, Malik Jackson are not playing up to their billing, right? That's that's one thing. But more importantly, because you do not have the players on the back seven to give time for the pass rush to get there. And so this defense is not constructed to be successful, despite the fact that it costs a lot, a lot of money. To me, that's the biggest issue right now in the Eagles team. Long-term projection, short-term projection is Carson to look bad. Long-term projection, that's the biggest issue.
1: We got, we got a uh, fire Jim Schwartz in the three words. Of course, that's that, from Jason. I mean Well, I, I, but look,
2: if there hadn't been, I would have been furious.
1: The first one, he actually responded, fire Nate Gary. Look, I'm not going to read multiple <laughs> responses, Jason. Just not going to do it at Philly. Yeah, I'm not going to shout done. you out either.
2: 290 responses on this one, brother. <laughs> we are officially in mid-season panic form.
1: I'm telling you. Uh, what was it? GoBirds85 at, at JZel 85 says, QB Factory furloughed. Again, to your point, if this is a QB Factory, what the heck is the Ocean needs to come and figure out what is going on with this. Mark Schofield says, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Guys, keep your heads up little less than four months of this soul-crushing nonsense to go. You can always play some video games. You can read some history books. But, of course, make sure you're listening to BGN Radio just to keep up with everything. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. Just listen. Just download. Just click it. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, ben, any other words, any other three words that you see in here as I kind of scroll, figure this out? Pay Malcolm Jenkins from Christmas Ape. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay.
2: Oh, man. Malcolm would have been a nice <laughs> player to have in this one. Uh, at Bad Film Analysis, uh, selling at deadline. Erds mm. continues to have three reception four receptions 40 yard gains absolutely Seamus Clancy of BGN radio storied fame says I want death don't blame you (laughs) You yeah Seamus also just with no context tweeted a video of Jalen Hurts highlights so he's really going through it right now (laughs) love you Seamus
1: Crane at Crane J311 says cardboard fans boo dog this cracked me up they were ready to go whoever's in charge
2: of the Eagles PA system was like Oh, what's that? Kicking a field goal! Boo! No. Oh, my hero! <laughs> Pay him millions.
1: The uh, that when when Andy Dalton came in, when Dak had to come out for that play, and Andy Dalton came in, and there was like this big reaction. I almost forgot that they were pumping in the crowd. And was I'm like, why is there this big <laughs> Did you, reaction right. for Andy Dalton? <laughs> um,
2: killa cow at killa cow says Belvedere's crushed Nards. I'll be honest with you, I don't understand seventy five percent of what killa cow ever tweets. So I'm gonna assume that's a funny <laughs> one. Um. <laughs> Uh, at Gianluca underscore Philly says tank for Parsons. I I will not lie to you. I did think to myself at 21 to 3 I've always wondered what it would be like to be on BGN Radio with the Eagles having a top 10 pick. That would really fit my niche a lot better than the whole Eagles in the playoffs thing. Um, <laughs> it would make yeah. for some
1: very good uh, downloads and for some exciting content. I would be, I would definitely be up for that, me and you being big draft guys. We're going to sell that now <laughs> to, to make sure you all stick around. Bionic Gyro uh, just had a funny one. We've already talked about Nick Gary, but ban Gary Ma- Meandering. Gerrymandering. Gary Ma- Gary yeah, 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 you that's smart one.
2: Okay. Um, At Sean Daly says wentz choking repeatedly which somebody in my mention said this like usually it's like the the grind grind stuff like just the the regular average second and eight is where wentz is just like ridiculously all over the place and then in clutch time he's like a dude right like third and 22 and he hits it whatever this time it was like all right fourth and two or like you know uh down by five in the red zone and that's where he was at his worst just the the two worst plays that he made were the two biggest plays for the offense. And that's Mm. the really frustrating part. Um, I think that a lot of times for a player like Carson, that goes a lot differently. Just today it was not in the cards for him there. Tom Seymour sent about five different ones, and one of them is read my words. So I'm just going to read that (laughs) one at Tom underscore Bleen underscore green and not read the rest of them. Follow the rules. You're the captain.
1: (laughs) You're
2: the captain here. My favorite one by a mile at mzxvii who's uh his username Long is listener wear a freaking mask it's not freaking his three words is aztec blood sacrifice i love it no other context because only three words don't even know what man. we would be blood sacrificing for who Ooh. not me uh but he's like listen i'm in whatever needs to be done here man
1: so whatever you got to do to get this thing right Well, okay, maybe there's some limits to that. I don't want to be uh, held uh, liable for anything here. But whatever you got to do within reason and the law to try to get this thing right. Change your shirts throughout the game. Like, reorganize your house. Change where your TV is. I don't care what you got to do. We got to get some good juju on this Eagles team. Hopefully come out of this Bengals game. Come into it like a house of fire. Come out of it like a house of fire because it gets much more difficult after that. Of course, we'll be tracking the injuries with Sam Fran going into it and whatnot. But, Ben, I mean, I think we did the thing. And we, uh, we did as much as we could stomach. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Or you just want to say goodbye to the gentle listeners?
2: Remember last year when it was like anytime the offense played well, the defense played poorly? And anytime the defense played well, the offense played poorly? <laughs> right. We got both. Remember how, how sick that was? Remember how every <laughs> podcast would be like, I hope this continues into next year? <laughs> i tweeted are. right before the fourth quarter i was like defense gotta be good and the defense was like how are two immediate gigantic running <laughs> scoring drives sound to you okay yes thank you as always forever for listening to the kiss and Soul Black show here on bgn radio we understand you listen to it in frustration we understand that, that you listen to it in anger and we appreciate the fact that you come here we had a lot of people in week one tell us they forgot what therapy by kiss and soul Black show was like on. So for those of you who are back for another session, we hope that we gave you what you need. The Eagles, as I have brought up numerous times in a soul-crushing effort to keep my head above water, they, they play the Bengals. They play the Bengals at 1 p.m. on CBS. Bengals are 0-2, and they're even worse than the Eagles, it looks like. So it would be nice if the Eagles got home a dub so we had nothing good, something good to talk about. To prep you for that game and to break down this game across the course of the week, you will find all of our shows with Brandon Lee Gow and John Solness, Jimmy Kemsky Seamus Clancy, and the entire crew at BGN underscore radio on Twitter and on whatever app you listen to your podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We love you so much. We would love to hear what you think. And if you don't like what we're saying, which is understandable, uh, you can also say that in the reviews and we'll laugh at it and then never bring it up again. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist N F L saint i T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S O L A K. Never forget who told you about Nate Gary two years ago. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week.
1: LJ Fort just uh recovered a fumble.
2: Okay, well okay, well f- fumble recovery is like happens it's like the ball bounces.
1: Okay, let's well, we, we have
2: better LJ Ford arguments than that one is all I'm saying.
1: Just saying he did a thing, which is more th- there's one more thing than the Eagles linebackers did today. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, eagles, fly. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, <laughs> gonna die. That was pathetic on that part. P.G.N.